Hey, thanks for downloading and listening to the New Life Church Downtown Podcast. We'd love to stay connected on Instagram at NLC Downtown Little Rock or TikTok at NLC Downtown. We have devotionals, audio from our weekend messages, conversations about big topics and culture today, and lots of options for you to become a disciple of Jesus. We aren't just a Sunday church. We want to be here for you Monday through Saturday too. Looking forward to getting to know you better. Right now we're in the middle of a series called Essentials. Everybody say Essentials. Um, and, and we're talking about how God's built us, how God's designed us, and what are the essential parts of our faith for us to grow and to thrive and to flourish. And so we've talked about prayer. Um, we've talked about spiritual disciplines and spiritual formation. We've talked about how to seek God for purpose in your life. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about relationships. Uh, next week, we're going we're to talk about Sabbath. And so we're going to continue to go through these things. Um, and, and one of my convictions is that if, if we want the power that Jesus walked in, we have to accept the principles that Jesus lived by right? So if we want the power that Jesus walked in, we have to accept the principles that Jesus lived by. And that means that we have to adopt, and God's calling us to adopt the life and the lifestyle of Jesus. And so today we're going to look at how Jesus interacted with his people. Everybody say his people. Y'all got people. You know what I'm saying? Like, these are my people. We, we say that. We're going to look at how Jesus interacted with his people. And, and I want to say this before we get too far. There, there's a difference between friendship and biblical Christ-centered community. There's a difference between friendship and biblical Christ-centered community. The difference is this, is that a Christ-centered community is, is when a community of people gather, and at some point in their gathering, Jesus comes front and center. And we start talking about the things of God. We start talking about God's plan for us. And so we're going to look at that a little bit this morning. Uh, we're going to look at how he interacted with his people. Um, and this is going to be really fun. This is going to be a fun weekend. And so I've got Rachel. Uh, go with me to Mark 14, 32 through 42. We're in the New Living Translation. And Rachel's going to read it for us. They went to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And Jesus said, sit here while I go and pray. He took Peter, James, and John with him, and he became deeply troubled and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little farther and fell to the ground. He prayed that if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him, awaiting him might pass by. Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned and found the disciples asleep. He said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation, for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them again and prayed the same prayer as before. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping, for they could not keep their eyes open, and they didn't know what to say. When he returned to them the third time, he said, go ahead and sleep, have your rest. But no, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that it's your gift to us. God, it's your, your story, and it's a letter that you've written to us to understand your plan and to understand life and to reveal your will. And so, God, I pray that this morning you'd speak to us through it, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Uh, 
Where are my people who read instructions? And put your hands up. Kind of look around, gaze around. These are good people to be friends with. Keep them up. Uh, my instruction readers, Neil, was your hand up? Yeah, of course. Uh, okay, where are my people who don't, who don't read the instructions and who just go after it like an animal, right? Like you got something to put together. It's like, I'm going to figure it out, okay? The Holy Spirit's going to lead me. We're, we're those people, right? Uh, my, my father is an instruction reader. I am not an instruction reader. And so as kids, we'd get the Lego sets. Do you all remember those things? They're like a million dollars, so I got like one every five years, you know? They're so expensive. And uh, we'd look at the box, and I, I, I always wanted to do things myself, okay? I've always been that way. I, w- I wanted to do it myself, and so we'd open it up, and my dad would immediately dig into the instructions and start reading through it, and then I'd get over there, and I'm like, I don't need that. I'm just going to start putting it together, right? And quickly, what I'm putting together would look nothing like what was on the outside of the box, and my dad would get involved, and I would allow him to help me. He's an engineer, and he'd start putting this thing together. And by the time we were done, with my dad's help, it would look like what it was intended to look like, right? Here's what biblical community is. is it's gathering with people who read the instructions. Because God has a plan for you. God has built you with purpose. And if we don't read the instructions, and if we don't understand the design, we'll never come to look like the way that the designer intended for us to look. Amen? The the truth is that there is no context for our faith than to be in community with other people. God has invited us together to live and to learn in community. Say this with me. Say, it's not me and God. Come on, everybody. It's not me and God. It's us and God. God has designed us to walk through life together. We are built and intended for relationships. Romans 12, 4 through 5 says this. It says, just as there are many parts to our bodies, so it is with Christ's body. We are all parts of it, and it takes every one of us to make it complete, for we each have different work to do. So we belong to each other. And each needs all the others. So this shows us three things about church and relationship. We're going to look at this, and then we're going to look at how Jesus modeled it. Number one, the the first thing it tells us is that church is many parts, that we're all different, and that we're unique. Number two, that every part is needed to make the body complete. You know, some of you guys, you may be in here, and you're thinking, like, I'm nothing, right? Like, as far as the body of Christ is concerned, at best, I'm a toenail, right? But who notices when they're missing a toenail, right? God needs each one of us walking in and playing our part. Listen, we can never confuse prominence with significance. Just because the part you play isn't prominent, it doesn't mean that the part you play isn't significant. Number three, we each have a different part of the work to do. Write this down. I cannot fulfill God's purpose for my life by myself. I cannot fulfill God's purpose for my life by myself. A hand cut off from the body is not only useless, but it dies. It's the same thing with an eye. If you cut off a part of the body of Christ, it will die. God has designed us to walk through life together. Paul warned us about people who are spiritually disconnected. These are people who say, I love Jesus, but I don't need the church. Colossians 2.19, it says this. It says, and they are not connected to Christ, the head of the body, for he holds the whole body together with its joints and its ligaments, and it grows as it nourishes it. 
as God nourishes it. What's he saying? He's saying that connection is the essence of life. Have you, ever got, have you guys ever done like a, a home project and you're doing renovation and you've got all these different parts and all these different things that you need, right, to, to renovate the room? You know, being disconnected from Christ is like not being built into the room. It's like just being a pile of, of disconnected parts that are left outside. Y'all, you know, God has called us to walk in relationship together. And here's what I want to submit to you. You cannot grow into spiritual maturity without the church. Why? Because the church is where God's people are gathered and God's people walk together. And the truth is the essence of maturity is love and you cannot experience love without other people. Look what it says, 1 John 4, 12. It says, no one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought into full expression in us. Okay, so let, let's go back to our scripture for today, uh, and we're going to look at how Jesus modeled being in community with his people, uh, and as the church, here, here's what I want to encourage you with. The, the church is not a building. You guys have heard this before. It's not a building. It's not a room. It is a people who are gathered, and what we're going to see here is this is the original, this is the OG church of Jesus, okay? These are his disciples. They're walking around, and this is what we can learn. Okay, so point number one, and we're going to go to verse 33 in Mark 14. Jesus was vulnerable with his people. Jesus modeled, modeled vulnerability. Look at this. He took Peter, James, and John with him, and he became deeply troubled and distressed. And look at this. He told them. Everyone say, he told them. My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Jesus was vulnerable. Think about that. How often do you not want to tell your friends what you're going through, right? Like, you don't want to be Debbie Downer. You don't want to be the one who brings up the stuff. Uh, th this past week, uh, I'm meeting with a couple of different people who are leading worship here at the church, and I'm doing a little bit of a life group with our worship leaders, and you'll notice from time to time there'll be like a guy back here with a microphone, and he's talking. You can't, you can't hear what he's saying. He's telling the band what to do, okay? So I'm meeting with these guys, and I'm pastoring some of these guys, and Honestly, about 13 days ago, I woke up in a bad mood. Does anybody ever, you ever have that happen? I, I just woke up, and the day before, I'd been bragging to my buddy. I'm like, I never wake up in a bad mood. I'm always consistent. And literally the next morning, I woke up in a bad mood. And I stayed in a bad mood for about eight days. And I met with the worship, these worship leaders, and I'm going to the meeting, just being transparent. And I'm like, gosh, I don't really want to do this right now. You know, I've got some stuff at home that I need to take care of, but I'm going to do it. And so got there, met with them, and, you know, I've been talking a lot about our prayer life, right? If we want the power of Jesus, we need the prayer life of Jesus, amen? And so we've been talking a lot about that as a church, and so we were going around talking about our prayer life, and I just felt convicted, like I need to be honest about where I was at, because I'm kind of like trying to lead the meeting and be positive, and I said, honestly, guys, I've been discouraged for about eight days, and I'm, I'm still not in a very good mood, <laughs> you know, like this is just kind of where I'm at right now, and I need prayer, you know, I've been trying to do my prayers, been trying to do these things, and um, an amazing thing happened is as we continued to grow around the group, other people said, you know what, me too. I've been discouraged too. And we took some time, we prayed for each other, and y'all, I felt the presence of God with us, and I've been encouraged since then. You know, I walked out of that, it just lifted my spirits. You know, the, the church has to be a place where bad things can be known about us, because 
if those things are known, here's what you're going to find. Among the people of God, you're going to be loved more, not less, when those things come to light. You know, I heard a guy say it this way once. He said, it's like we're going through life on a road. And in this road, you, you come to a fork in the road and there's a sign. And one of the signs lead to a, a place called the room of good intentions. And you come in and as soon as you come in, they give you a mask. You put the mask on and you, you come, come into the room and it's quiet and it's fancy, right? You know, when you go into those places, it's like, you, you know, you shouldn't be there. You're like, yeah, this is too fancy for me. This is the type of room that this is. It's ornate. It's beautiful. And everybody's talking to each other, but no one really knows each other. And then at some point, you back out of the room, you take your mask off, and you leave, and no one notices. This is religion. This is what religion looks like. This guy walks back down the road. There's another sign. It says, the room of grace. And he walks up, and at the door, I didn't even open the door yet, and he can hear the rumble. He opens the door, and it's like this loud noise greets him, and there's laughter, and there's comfortable chairs, and somebody from the back says, what's your issue? And he says, I deal with anger. And he goes, that's it? Because you're going to fit in great. Come on in. Y'all, that, that's relationship, grace-oriented faith. Y'all, here's the truth. These things that we're talking about are, are not things that God demands of us. Y'all, listen, the, the gospel is not what God wants from you. It's what God has done for you. Believing the gospel is that Jesus came in and he has provided a life for us and all we have to do is accept it. But here's what I want to encourage you with. If you're not walking through life with other believers, you're not going to experience that room of grace. We're going to end up walking into religion. Y'all listen, principles are easy, right? Rules are easy. It's pretty clear. Relationships are messy and they're difficult. Jesus didn't promise it wouldn't be hard. He said it wouldn't be heavy, right? It's like there's a lightness as we walk with God. So number one, Jesus was vulnerable with his people. I said I was going to preach for 15 minutes, and I've got 50 seconds. Here we go. <laughs> number two, Jesus prayed with his people. Mark 14, through 34, it says, Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little further, and he fell to the ground, and he prayed. Y'all, one of the richest parts of our faith is when you go through difficult things, and you have people who can pray with you and who can pray for you. There's nothing more encouraging, and this is God's design. God has designed us for a relationship together to help encourage each other to lift our heads. This is what it's like to be in a life group, in a serve group, in a Bible study, in a text message with other believers. I don't care what it is. This is what God has designed us for, to pray with people and to seek God's face. So number one, Jesus was vulnerable with his people. Number two, Jesus prayed with his people. Number three, Jesus spoke the truth to his people. Everybody say the truth. Mark 14, 33 through 34, actually 37 through 38. Uh, it says, then he returned and found his disciples asleep. And he said to Peter, why did he call out Peter? It says disciples, but he talks to Peter. Simon, why are you asleep? Couldn't you watch with me? Couldn't you pray with me for an hour? Keep watching, and pray so that you will not give in temptation for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. He busted Peter out. Why? It's because he saw potential in Peter. Yo, we need people in our lives who see the potential in us and demand it and call it out of us. That is the church. Who calls you to more? 
This is what it's supposed to look like, y'all. He knew, Jesus knew that he was going to use Peter, that Peter was going to be instrumental. Peter and Paul were the two biggest leaders in the early church. This is what God's called us to do for each other. Y'all listen, life is messy and it's complicated, but it is so much better when we go through it with others. You know, in the church and in Christ-centered relationships, we are becoming who God has designed us to be. God has a design for you. Y'all listen, he built you with love and with a purpose. And my heart, I think Jesus' heart, more importantly, for the church is that we would be people who read the instructions, who go through life together, who are honest with each other, who pray with each other, who would call each other to more. And I believe that if you do that, I'm not going to say overnight, but you're going to watch over the next 3, 5, 10, 20 years. You're going to walk into the fullness of who God's called you to be. Amen.